1: he would be the last picking his wife's draft, call him Mr. Irrelevant, Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, don't get upset at that. Because, you know, the kids go first, then the dog, then the parents, then the in-laws. Maybe the brother-in-laws. I hear they're kind of fun.
2: Okay, Eddie. And then, and then the chickens. I get it. I get it. Mr. Irrelevant is okay. At least I was drafted. At least I was That's drafted and not undrafted like you, my friend. Uh, you I can, am a free. Yes, I am a free agent. Yes, you can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow us both right here, there. Uh, you can follow me at Nonstop MMA, Eddie. This is episode four twenty one. Hard to believe. It really is, man. Speaking of free agencies,
1: I've uh, you've been in my life more than any women that I know, except for my mom and sister.
2: Yes. I mean, years and years. I was actually just looking at. Actually, some, I to
1: talk to you more than I talked to them.
2: I was looking at some some picks sheets that we made, and uh, I had to change the date on a sheet today from 2016 to 2023. That's that's over seven years ago. Wow, Aljamain Sterling was the uh, first fight of the night on the uh, on the pick sheet that I had.
1: Man, that was a different world back then,
2: wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. It was uh, these stacked cards. You didn't have an Apex fight card every other week. You didn't have just some fights happening. I mean, Eddie, it was, it was a different no day. kidding. It
1: was appointment viewing every time the UFC was on. You would even watch the Ultimate Fighter back then.
2: Oh, but I'm going to watch the off- Ultimate Fighter that starts at the end of this month, though. May 30th, Conor McGregor, Mike, Michael Michael G- I'll watch some of it. Eddie, 2016? until uh, they pick teams. You know the name you weren't thinking about in 2016? What's that? You weren't thinking about Jake Paul, you weren't thinking about Logan Paul. I don't even think we had talked about Floyd Mayweather at that point. Eddie, it was a simpler it was a it was a simpler time, and those Paul brothers were just scrawny little what uh, Disney stars, Disney characters. Yeah, they were, they were or just something. Disney stars yeah. at that time. Huh. I'm my, glad I was oh too my, old to watch that. Have the things changed? Yeah, I have kids that no, don't watch those, but they, I I get my fair share of uh, of Disney shows. Eddie, uh, the NFL draft went over this weekend, and, uh, oh, yes. you know, it, it's exciting, uh, but the most exciting part, Jaron Hall goes to the, BYU quarterback Jaron Hall goes to the Vikings in the fifth round. How exciting sorry, is that? I'm you sorry, started, you
1: started talking, and all I heard was uh, Bijan Robinson, number eight pick to the Atlanta Falcons.
2: Yeah, I don't love that. I'm like, that was, uh... I don't either. I don't love it. And, and the only reason I don't love it is because Tyler Algier, who had over 1,000 yards, who you think like the Falcons have so many weapons. They got a terrible quarterback. Desmond Ritter is not good. And you've got Well, he was know, a rookie, right? You got Drake London. You got Kyle Pitts. You had Tyler Algier who was over a thousand yards. You had Cordero Patterson. I just don't know why you need B. John Robinson right there. That wasn't the best pick. I don't for either.
1: Them. I was really hoping he would go to the Eagles. I know Cowboys fans hate hate that thought, but I'm a Bears fan, so I'm okay. Yeah. Uh but, but yeah, I want him to be successful early on so he doesn't get used up and tossed aside like they do running
2: backs. Yeah, days. no, Bijan, John, great for him. Uh, Eddie, I, I was, I, I like that Jaron Hall got actually drafted. I didn't think he was going to, uh, but I can't imagine he's on a roster when the season starts. He's got to get cut. I don't even know who he is. He was the quarterback at BYU
1: last year. Yeah, But I do know that my Bears drafted Roshan Johnson, and that's a hell of a pickup for them. And we also got some protection for Justin Fields in the first round. Best tackle in the draft from Tennessee. Yeah, I said it. And by the way, five Longhorns drafted and a couple more signed as free agents. It was a good weekend for the burnt orange.
2: Yeah, definitely. Good Not times Not to here. mention
1: what we did, to, did in baseball to TCU. I think the men's tennis team is the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Women's team is like number eight. It's a great time to be a Longhorn, Jordan.
2: I'm excited for you. You know
1: what, I'm a- you know what wasn't great, though?
2: No, I, I went
1: Saturday to the Austin Blues Fest. I was trying to squeeze that in before BKFC. It's called the Austin Blues Fest. There was one blues band that I saw. What were, Out of like wh- five. What was
2: the rest of the music?
1: There was some jazz. There was like a uh, Memphis Soul Review. Uh, Los Lobos closed the night. I'm like, where, where, where's the blues? It was just in my heart, Jordan. It was just in my heart that I was missing BKFC, but I got home in time for the co-main event.
2: Yeah, let, let's get right into it. Uh, BKFC was appointment viewing this week. I I was in my, stole the weekend. I, I was in my hot tub earlier on Saturday watching UFC fights, and I said, you know what? I got to be ready. I got to get ready because I'm going to watch some BKFC tonight. Did you get all pruney? No, nope, I mean, it, it was enjoyable, but then I said, I you know, I've got to watch some bare-knuckle fighting. And man, it, it, it was fun. This is the first time I've really sat down and watched multiple fights, like full fights, as opposed to just highlights. BKFC can be rough, and and, and we saw that right. There was some definitely some rough moments in that fight. Oh yeah. But I was yeah. I was hyped, and and, and like the excitement kind of just grew throughout the week. I watched an interview with Mike Perry uh, with Brian Campbell. I watched a face to face with Errol Hawani between Luke and, and uh, uh, Luke Rockhold and Mike Perry, which was also enjoyable. Uh, and then the the, uh, the press conference. This was like a regular weekend uh, watching UFC fights, like getting into it, like getting hyped up for the fights.
1: Yeah, it's like a whole new world, man. I told you, BKFC, they've got their thing down. They know what they are. You know, the fights are entertaining. The pacing is good. They don't make you wait forever with video packages between between fights. Um, and like I said, you can see people changing their mind about their life decisions in real time in, the, in that uh, ring. And it is... Just one of those like human things. It's like a it's like a reality show. You watch people just make their just make their decisions in real time. It's like oh I should not have done this. I
2: don't know if this is for me always, uh, but if they do like you know Bellator calls it tent pole events. This was a tent pole event. This was a big event, and I think uh, uh, Dave Feldman, the, the owner of uh, of BKFC, he said, look, I can't do these events all the time. We'll, we'll go out of business, but. You know, when you, when you can do it, and, and and this was exciting, and this was a, a great weekend, uh, especially when the UFC, you know, we called it last week. This was like an LFA card. Yeah, yeah, this was like BKFC's
1: um, version of UFC 100, you know, and even though the only title on the card was the feature fight, third one down from the top, women's flyweight, but it was so big that it brought out all the stars, brought out all the eyeballs, and... Yeah, I love it. Like I said, it didn't they didn't have to convince me. I was already on board. But I think they turned some heads this weekend.
2: Yeah. Well, let's get right into it. Mike Perry defeats Luke Rockhold, second round. Uh Lucas couldn't keep going. He he got a tooth knocked out and uh did, did he like spit a tooth out? I couldn't tell. I know I know like looking at his teeth like his his mouth is all jacked up.
1: Yeah, at least one's broken, a couple are out, I think. They're going through his lip. And it's funny, he was doing well in the first round. And he got to, at one point, he staggered Mike Perry. Yeah. He, popped like he him and literally it, buckled uh-huh. his knees. But then, like 10 seconds later, Mike Perry hits him with a straight left, like right in the teeth, and Luke was just stunned. He did not recover. And it was like 10 seconds before the round was up. And you could just tell the difference in his face from before he got hit and after he got hit. Life-changing decision right there. And then the second round comes, and he gets hit in the, in the mouth again. And, like, you know, that was it, a minute 15
2: in. Yeah, takes his mouth guard out, and, and he's done, right? Hey, I, I, I don't want anything more to do with this, right? And, uh, and he doesn't, doesn't quit, quit standing up, essentially.
1: Yeah, I think some, they said he, like, he couldn't bite down his mouthpiece because his tooth was gone or his tooth was stuck in the mouthpiece. or.
2: Uh, well, and he had a I, hole in his lip. I don't lip. know. Yeah. There was a lot going on in that moment. There's a lot going on in one inch of his face. Yeah. Uh, Mike Perry was surprised. Like, you seeing Mike Perry's face when that happened, when, when the fight was not going to continue anymore, Mike Perry was surprised, like, in that moment that the fight was over. Didn't know what to do. And uh, so when he gets on the mic, what does he do? He calls out. Conor McGregor, who who had been there all night, who had been standing, who had been, you know, coaching Eddie Alvarez from the stands. Uh, He was, you know, fainting and moving with every single punch. Like Conor was super into the fight all night. And and wouldn't you know, Conor McGregor gets up. he, He calls to say, hey, can I get a face off with Conor McGregor? Conor McGregor walks into the cage with a BKFC title over his shoulder. Who just gave him a belt? And one of their champions, their double champions, he had one, and he let Conor use it. And that was like one of the, the, the quotes of the night. Conor McGregor's like, I haven't even fought one time in this uh, organization, and I already have the championship. Conor McGregor gets into the cage, does a face-off. I mean, how big of a moment was this for BKFC? It's a
1: huge, man, huge. I mean, you've got as, much, as annoying as he is, he's still the biggest MMA star in the world. In your ring, in your biggest event, right after the main event that ended in an uh, awesome stoppage.
2: Holding your title. Coming.
1: Yes. Which, let me tell you, was a great PR move. Because I'm thinking, you know, first thought is, why is he holding the belt? Second thought is, holy crap, he's holding the belt. And that picture is going to be what's on uh, the front page of every website, uh Every sports website everywhere.
2: People said that they paid Connor to be there, like a paid advertising to be there to kind of to watch the fight. And and Feldman says no. They, they did not pay him to be there at all. He wanted to come. And and obviously, like you, you can't imagine that UFC is happy that Connor McGregor walks into the cage, that he's holding their belt, that he's doing a face off in there on their pay per view. Like that's like Dane and, and he said that afterwards, like, hey, Uh, He told, like he's, he reportedly said that. Look, I'm just waiting to get a phone call. He knew that he was going to hear from the (laughs) UFC about this.
1: Yeah, he might, but first off, he's Connor, so they're not going to do much to him in the first place. Secondly, two words for you: independent contractor. If they try to really pull some contractual crap with him, you know, um, Ali Act is going to get pulled in as quick as possible. Uh, Dana White's lawyers are going to be crapping their pants because that's the last thing they want is for someone to bring that into play.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about that. I, I think that that's, that's, those are two fun buzzwords to say independent contractors and, and Ali, Ali Act especially. That's never going to happen in UFC. That, that has tried, it has failed. Uh, and Conor McGregor, I think the real thing, the, the two words of why it's not going to be an issue, you actually said them, it's Conor McGregor. It's Conor not, McGregor. It, it's because yeah. he, he is who he is. I mean, you, you could say like independent contractor, WWE wrestlers are independent contractors. They could not show up on aw like that would be the equivalent right because they're all independent contractors but i think the more the fact that it is conor mcgregor that's the reason nothing is going to happen and that's why you know connor does what connor wants to do had it been the someone is, else yeah and in both ways
1: yeah in both ways you know it'd be bad for their own personal business but if it went that far it wouldn't hold up in court but by the time it got around to it You'd be worthless in your uh, job. Yeah,
2: I, I think know? there's other ways than yeah. court that they could punish you in the UFC, right? Yeah, exactly. That's Those are I mean, very much. But but again, you right?
1: Wouldn't, you wouldn't wrestle or fight for next twenty years while this winds its way through court, and you'd be um, basically you'd be fighting on melee.
2: But again, it's uh, it's Conor McGregor. So uh, in the end, yeah. I mean, that was a great but moment for them. A lot yeah, of fun. I think for he them. walked
1: out during the uh, right before the Christine Ferreira Beck Rawlings fight, and the crowd went nuts, dude. The crowd went nuts. But uh, he missed the Ben Rothwell-Josh Copeland fight, which was great, man. But let's go back real quick. I'm getting way ahead of things. Let's go back to Eddie Alvarez and Chad Mendes. Eddie Alvarez and Chad Mendes, that was an instant classic, maybe the best BKFC fight in their history. And what else did you expect from the Underground King and Chad Mendes?
2: Yeah, Eddie Alvarez and, uh, and and Chad Mendes, it was a lot of fun in a fight, man. I was, like, you're watching this, both, like, knocking each other down. When Eddie Alvarez, like, needed a knockdown in order for him to, like, save the fight for him, like, getting back up after he got knocked down to immediately get the knockdown right afterwards, how awesome was that? Like, how exciting, in general, was that moment right there?
1: Dude, I wish I could have been in the crowd just to hear... I actually you wouldn't even be been able to think because the crowd was so into it. That fight was so great. And the fact that you know, I when I first realized it there were two minute rounds like a while back, I was like, What two minute rounds? What is this? It's great. The pacing is so much better. Guys put more into it. Um, it's just back and forth, back and forth. And then being five rounds is only ten minutes. So it doesn't take as much out of the uh,
2: fighters. Man, this was a great 10 minutes of fight. They were able to be fresh. Like right away, they're able to be fresh and to kind of stay and, and kind of keep bringing it. Uh, it's interesting. Chad Mendes retires after the fight. And obviously, Chad Mendes, you know, looks good getting off the bus. Uh, there, there is no, I don't know if you're wondering, Eddie, there is no drug testing in, uh, in, in BKFC. <laughs> so it appears. So it's uh, not maybe not the biggest surprise there. But still, overall, I mean, Chad Mendez looked good. He retired after the fight. Uh, he's got other streams of revenue coming in, so that's great for him. Obviously, you know, you, you don't want to be fighting forever. And uh, even though, you know, that was a fight that, you know, if I was at WWE, that, that would be a fight forever chant going on in the uh, yeah, right. in the
1: crowd. I was really hoping for a sixth uh, sixth round of sudden death, but um, I think we got the correct decision. And the fact that it was a split decision makes it even better because Chad Mendez can hold his head up high
2: because he's got nothing to be ashamed of. That was a great fight. Yeah, you, you think about like Eddie Alvarez. So I think he's got an a opportunity to come back and, and keep fighting with BKFC. I would love to see him keep fighting. I think that would be a lot of fun. What do you do, though? Like, I mean, he mentioned like Mike Perry. I mean, Mike Perry is like he is the face of BKFC. He's not their champion, but he, he has got to be the face of BKFC right now. Well, first, I think Mike Perry needs a belt. That's
1: he's first got, he's got two. Be- he's,
2: he's made his own.
1: I was saying, it's hard to be the face of the company when you're not even a title holder. Also, um, yeah, Eddie Alvarez is a little small. I think he came in at this one at like 168 or so. Mike Perry's fighting at middleweight. Or actually, yeah, that that, that fight was at light heavyweight. Yeah, so he does not need to fight Eddie Alvarez, okay?
2: Yeah, it was at 165. It was at 165, and that's their lightweight. And then the middleweight was 185, so that's where... Uh, that's their light heavyweight is at one eighty. Is at one eighty five though in, in in BKFC. So it's yeah, not, they, so it's they not they traditional. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would love to see. Um, I'd love to see him keep fighting in in BKFC. Uh, Eddie Alvarez has that dog in him, and he showed it. Definitely,
1: always. Uh, I was disappointed with the uh, Christine Ferreira Beck Rawlings fight, just because it got stopped so early. Um, that one was destined to be a bloody, bloody affair. Uh, but we'll see that run back at some point soon. Um, Ben Rothwell, oh man, he got it taken to him in the first round, but he came back strong in rounds two and three and won by, uh, actually Josh Copeland's corner threw in the towel after the third round, which was pretty smart because he was just taking a beating, but then Rothwell gets on the mic and says, Hey Denver, screw you in the elevation," And the whole crowd, all they could do was laugh.
2: It sounds like he's going to fight against, uh, you know who the BKFC heavyweight champion, we've talked about it. He's got one of the worst tattoos. In all of MMA, Alan Belcher, he uh, Alan Belcher he's got the the uh, the BKFC heavyweight title, and uh, so yeah, that, he was right there, and I was disappointed they didn't let him in for a face. That looks like that's going to be the next fight here for uh, for that title. So
1: yeah, it should be yeah. And then uh, Chris Camozzi and Brendan Gertz had good first round finishes, and then Mike Alvarado, former WBO featherweight champ in boxing, has his uh, bare knuckle debut and just gets pieced up. By a kickboxer named James Brown. Dude, did you see it? Alvarado was a bloody mess. I mean, a perennial... um,
2: Was it seven gashes on his head?
1: Seven. Yeah, that's crazy. Like three on his... Four on his face, three on his head. I mean, scarlet mask just all
2: over. It was great. I mean, disgusting, but great to watch. Makes it rough. Uh, All right, let's talk... uh, Let's talk UFC on ESPN 44. Now, you and I both said, like, this wasn't the deepest of cards. There was some good moments there, right? And we talked about uh, Song Yadong versus Ricky Simone. This was going to be a big moment. Ricky Simone was streaking. He was moving up kind of. I, I, he was lower ranked than uh, than Yadong, But this was a chance for him to kind of show that he belonged, that he was somebody that, uh, you know, was going to be, you know, He could make a waves in the division. And Song Yudong looked great.
1: Yeah, he did. I mean, especially those fourth and fifth rounds, he just put it on Simone. And you say it was his chance to prove that he belonged, and that did not work out well for him at all.
2: No, he didn't. So it was a fifth-round TKO. Uh, Ricky Simone gets caught by Song Yudong. Song Yudong, who was coming off that loss to Corey Sanhagen. Remember that we talked about there was a mini kind of bantamweight tournament. And Song Yudong fought Corey Sanhagen. Corey Sanhagen beat him. And, and so, you know, he's coming off that loss, but this is a good win, right? Because Ricky Simone, like I were saying up on his way up. So this was a good win. I, he, you know, he called out Sean O'Malley. He also called out Cheeto Vera, Uh, Sean O'Malley. And he said that afterwards, look, Sean O'Malley's not going to, to fight me. The UFC's protecting him. He's got a win actually over Cheeto Vera from a few years ago. Uh, I think that happened in 2020. Uh, That was kind of a controversial win. So I wouldn't be like the craziest thing to see that one run back. Uh, but you know he does want a top five guy. He hasn't fought Rob Font, and so you think maybe someone like him that could be a fight there for him as well. Uh, but it was great to see Song Yadong. He's still young. He's still moving up in his career, so uh, I, I like it.
1: Yeah, man. I had to go back and watch this one on ESPN Plus because, like I said, I was uh, I was at the not Blues Festival, not the Blues. Though I did I did get this great uh, T shirt, Muddy Waters T shirt. It's kind of like the old Mellow Yellow logo.
2: I like Mellow Yellow. Pretty cool. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh man, you are old. I know. All right. Yeah. Do you remember when when Rudy's used to have mellow yellow? They had big red yes. and mellow yellow. And that's where I would get my mellow yes. yellow, is at Rudy's here. Uh, all right, let's talk oh, about Kyle Barraio versus uh, uh, Michael Sheshek. That was much better this week. Last week I got it hard. So uh, he looked good. So Kyle Barraio is now 13 and 1. He's 4 0 in the UFC. I would love to see him get a step up in competition. Uh, He called out Derek Brunson, who I thought had retired, uh, but it sounds like Derek Brunson is looking to make a comeback. That would be a good fight. I mean, he needs to fight someone in the top 15. Uh, Also, Rodolfo Vieira. Brunson's still at number eight, so that's a big jump. Yeah. No, that would be. I mean, it it would be a good jump, right? But it's a guy that, uh, you know, they've they've talked before. Uh, But I would like to see Kyle Barrio get into the top 15. So uh, get a fight there. So maybe not Brunson. Maybe at the bottom edge of that... uh, of that uh, division. The other thing I would say is Rodolfo Vieira. He defeats Cody Brundage. Uh, Cody Brundage, uh, you know, he had a good first round. He took him down in the first round. Uh, He knocked him down, excuse me, and he won the first round. And, uh, but Vieira, you know, he's an ADCC champion. He is a IBJJF world champion. Uh, He got, remember, he got submitted by Anthony Hernandez a few years ago, which was like crazy to think he got a win, and then he got a, he lost a decision to uh, to Chris Curtis. So this was obviously a good win. Uh, it was a really good win for him uh, because you know w- you you want to see what uh, what can Rodolfo Vieira do and, and see if he can get back on the right track there. Uh, Eddie, t- that's really it for for UFC. Tell us about Melee real quick.
1: Yeah. yeah, real quick. Do you do you think the UFC's ever had another card where they had? Three main card winners without Wikipedia
2: pages. How long do you think it's been since that happened? That's a good point. You know, you know, why you know, I live and die by the, uh, by the Wikipedia pages. So I am I not do. sure. I think, uh, you know, I think you're making a good point that we probably need to see uh, some more Wikipedia pages soon on here. But that's kind of crazy. I'm actually really surprised that Vieira doesn't have a, a Wikipedia page. Uh, excuse me. Kyle Barrio doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. So that was that one does surprise me just a little bit. Uh, Eddie, tell us about Melee real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah,
1: Melee Fighting 3 took place Sunday at the Coliseum down in Southeast Austin. Uh, Peter Staninick captured the welterweight title via second-round KO. Dude, there was all sorts of finishes. And in the co-main event, uh, Jonathan the Samoan Savage potty grabbed the middleweight title with a first-round TKO. You know, they were just slinging and banging, getting in and out of there quick Saturday, Sunday, man. Melee is a good time. Always a good time.
2: All right, guys. That is UFC. That is Melee. But, Eddie, most importantly, that was BKFC, Mike Perry versus Luke Rockhold. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn and hornfm.com. We will be right back.
1: So what's up with that? Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a
2: big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? Ooh-wee. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up? With you, you yeah.
1: oh. Woo well. Jordan, I saw on Monday that Fox canceled nine one one. I and I'm my not heart sure jumped. what that means. I'm like, they better not touch nine one one Lone Star. Okay.
2: Is that a show but that is that a show that you watch?
1: Yeah. It's nuts, dude. The uh, the emergencies that they have are so ridiculous. It's like a cartoon sometimes. But uh, yeah, 911 got picked up. They went from Fox to, uh, I think, ABC. So far, I haven't heard anything about Lone Star. All that has nothing to do with anything but just say, don't touch Rob Lowe, you know, putting out fires in Austin. Rob Lowe is a national that, that, treasure, show.
2: let's be honest.
1: Exactly. And he's in Austin putting out fires. Keep your hands off. But by the way, there's a new SNL this weekend. Pete Davidson is somehow hosting. I don't know what he's uh, there for. With musical guests. That I'm going to mute to the TV for a little Uzi Vert.
2: Lil Uzi Vert going to be uh, is one doing of the that. the dumbest names I've ever heard. I don't know what it is either, but it's uh That, was, it's that along good. with
1: Glor- Glorilla was the dumbest names, man. Anyways, that's enough of me being an old man. Uh, after meeting with him in person, one championship says they will not be submitting an offer to Francis Ganu. What's up with that?
2: Yeah, so Francis Ngannou, uh, he, you know, so he's been making the rounds. We know that he had his last fight against Cyril Gon last year. He tested. Uh, he decided that he was going to fight out his contract, and then he was going to test for you know for agency. Right, we were going to see where he's going to go. We talked about boxing. Uh, we heard a little while ago that BKFC was not going to pursue him. Uh, Bellator still out there. Ryzen, I guess. Uh, PFL is out there, for the, at least for the MMA side of things. Dana White has said that he's never going to fight in the UFC again. Uh, but Chachary uh from 1FC said that he was prepared to offer Francis the biggest contract of all time, of all, of all his different offers, maybe not of all time. <laughs> uh, and they said that he was going to meet with him over the weekend. And then after the weekend, uh, Chachary released a statement to the media saying, after a careful reflection, we decided not to submit our final offer. Francis is a good guy and a good champion. I wish him continued success and happiness. At the end of the day, I didn't feel like Francis and I were fully aligned on non-financial matters. I think that's interesting. It's nothing personal. It's just a lack of alignment. Now, according to Errol Hawani, uh, Francis's side of the story is a little bit different. Uh, Francis, he said that Francis is very close to signing a new deal with another promotion for the MMA side of the business. He said he said that. He let them know he's up front with them, but he said he would meet with them and uh, and so wanted to get the opportunity to, to get out there. Uh, but it sounds to me like Chachari's out there trying to frame the narrative, right? Like, hey, uh, it was non-financial. Like, we, we could give him the money. It's non-financial. Uh, we just decided that it's a little bit, we wanna go different ways. And, and the different ways is that Francis was already going to go with someone else, not them. That That's where they were lying. Francis did not want to sign with them. Uh, one wanted him to sign with him, and that's where they were not aligned on the same thing, I'm guessing.
1: Uh, right. And Jordan, I would like to announce right now that after careful reflection, I have decided not to marry Anna de Armas.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I just, just want to get out ahead of that story. Yeah.
1: That I will not be asking her to marry me. Um, it's her loss. Uh, you know, it's nothing personal. We just weren't in alignment on um, attractiveness, you know. I'm attracted to her. She's not attracted to me. Things happen. Yeah, this so this so one. I will not be asking her to marry. me.
2: I would bet that this one is financial matters. This is this is not like one uh, FC. <laughs> this one would be financial matters. There would be some some questions oh, there. Are you call, are you calling me pretty? Thank you. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, she was she would be yeah. lucky. She would be lucky to have you, Eddie. That's right, Jordan.
1: I appreciate that, and I'm going to move on before you uh, come to your senses and make some kind of trolling joke. Uh, Israel Adesanya was injured going into his fight with Alex Pereira.
2: And UFC 287, what's up with that? Yeah, so Israel Adesanya on his YouTube channel, he released a video that showed that he suffered a grade, a grade 1 MCL tear when his leg buckled while sparring. Uh, this was a week before he went into his fight at UFC 287 against Alex Pajera. Uh, now, Eddie, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, Izzy is, is different than all the other fighters. Most fighters probably go into fights injured, mm-hmm. right? That, that's just a normal yeah. thing. Uh, but when you're facing a monster like Alex Pajera, who has that, like, you know, kickboxing background, uh, who could just kick and just destroy your knee, that would be some, uh, some challenges. Right. And, uh, so, so yeah. good on, and especially losing to him three times already. Uh, you know, you could, you could reason what that would cause some doubt to trickle in as you are preparing for that fight, knowing that you're not going in there. And these are no joke, right? Uh, I've had knee issues before. I've had knee surgery. I have torn MCL. Uh, It's no joke. And to think that you're going to be able to fight off of that, uh, that would be crazy. Uh, And, you know, that maybe be, you know, he says that's not going to keep him away from fighting. But that also, we also heard that he wanted to fight right away. But then the UFC went out and and named, like, every single contender, uh, besides Hamzat, every single contender, they put him in a fight. So someone's got to get a win now in order for them to fight uh, to Izzy. And uh, uh, another uh, injury note, turns out Ryan Garcia also was injured going to his fight against Tank Davis. Uh, he said that he injured his ribs. So on the last episode of All Access on Showtime, uh, you know, Garcia's not making excuses, but you could hear his trainer caught on video asking Ryan if he hit that rib part. Ryan said yes, and his, changer, his trainer responded, I knew it. Uh, the injury came to him from a sparring partner, uh, Sendebatar Erdenbot, uh during sparring. Not sure, Ooh, you know, okay. Tank kept calling that he, he said he had a mole. And if you remember, like during the, 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 interviews or the uh, the like the press conference leading up he says i know you've been hurt to the body i know that i got a guy in your camp i know that you've been hurt and it wasn't from a fight he kept calling out like hey i knew you have this this rib injury and he kind of went right towards that so uh not sure if Erdenbot is the mole uh but definitely garcia said that the mole leaked the information and but again garcia's been pretty good hasn't made excuses uh i think he actually uh split from a, a longtime trainer this week though I, that'll be uh, that'll be interesting uh, yeah he did yeah um Maybe
1: that's a good uh, thing, so maybe his next camp, there, maybe there won't be a mole. Yeah, who knows how that fight would have gone, but Davis was doing pretty well, so I don't want to say much. Um, all right, Jordan, last week we talked about the incident with Nate Diaz in New Orleans with the uh, Logan, Logan Paul look-alike, which is uh, hard to say, but even worse to look like Logan Paul. Um,
2: it looks like Nate turned himself into the NOPD. What's up with that? Yeah. So, uh, so Nate was charged with second degree battery. He turned himself in. He's now out on bail. Uh, his lawyers and him are, they're claiming self-defense. And I don't know if you've seen the alternate video. There was a lot going on. Like there was like a riot in the street. Nate kind of walks out around to the side. Uh, this guy, Rodney Peterson, who I guess is a trained fighter. He comes up to him. Uh, he keeps walking towards Nate. He puts his hands up almost like, you know, a, like, not like to fight, not in fist. Uh, but kind of puts his hands like with like a foot of Nate's you know body with his face uh, to which then Nate uh, he doesn't know. He kind of grabs him, chokes him out, leaves him on the ground. Now, you probably saw that there was like some blood on the back of, uh, of Rodney Peterson's head. That's where Nate dropped him. But if you think about it, like this is like the most peaceful way to defuse a, a situation by Nate Diaz choking a guy out. Uh, you're going to be I mean, yeah, that the head hurts uh, being dropped there. But, uh, you know, he, he didn't punch him. He didn't he didn't do anything else. He incapacitated him, left him there. Walked away. Uh, based on this and like the self-defense, I wouldn't bet that uh, I would bet that nothing really happens to Nate in all this. He doesn't even, like get a payday. I think it's self-defense.
1: Man, it's New Orleans. They have that happen like every weekend, don't they?
2: That's a Tuesday, right?
1: Yeah. Like I do want to see, though, what happened between uh, the look alike coming up to Nate and him being put in the chokehold. There had to be something to get his head down there.
2: Well, yeah, Nate, a, Nate grabs him, so he's putting his hands out, and immediately as he's kind of putting his hands out towards Nate. Nate grabs him, kind of pushes away, and then he goes and, and chokes him out real quick. But his hand, just, I mean, Nate, just put his, Nate definitely touched just him first. Nate touched him first, but, like, Ronnie Peterson's hands were coming out towards him as the time.
1: Yeah, you don't have to wait to get hit yeah. before you uh, defend yourself. 100%.
2: So.
1: Yeah. All right, Jordan, um, you're never going to believe this, but um, – they had drugs in the slap fight house. Drugs, multiple athletes. Um, I put that in quotes. I know failed it's... drug test. <laughs> slap fight. Well, oh no, power slap. That's what it was. That's what it was. I forget the name.
2: Um, What's what's up with that? Yeah, so last Tuesday, six fighters were temporarily suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Uh, there there's a variety of banned substances. I don't need to go through them all. I think the best comment I heard was that one of the commissioners was like, I didn't know. Is that he, first off, he was like, is there a bowl of like banned substances that that these people are all using? Like I haven't seen this like this many people pop in years. Who would have <laughs> thought that you would need performance enhancing drugs just to slap somebody? But I guess we're going to find out. Uh, so there's going to be a meeting later this month to review the case. Uh, this makes sense that the next season is going to be in Abu Dhabi, right? They already got cut from TBS. I think they're going to go on the Rumble app, uh, but they're going to be in Abu Dhabi where the UFC regulates everything. Uh, I wait, can't wait, wait, imagine. Wait, wait. They're going to do it again. I, they're doing. Eddie, I don't know if you know this. This Dana didn't learn his lesson. No, this kills on social, Eddie. Eddie, I don't know. I know that you're huge on TikTok. It killed TBS's ratings. I know that you are, you know, big on TikTok. But this Dana says that this (laughs) thing kills right here on TikTok.
1: Uh, I think Dana just can't admit that he screwed up and he should have stuck with Zuffa boxing instead of going with the slap fighting. I don't love it. If he'd have done, if he'd have done old guy boxing like uh, Anderson Silva tried to get him to do years ago, yeah, they'd be killing it. Zuffa boxing. Bunch of old guys. Imagine Chuck Liddell in bare knuckle. Well, not not current Chuck Liddell. Like five, seven years ago, Chuck Liddell doing bare knuckle fighting fightin
2: Tito. Oh my god! Yeah. All right. Let, let me hit you with a few new fights, Eddie. We got Tim Elliott versus Victor Altamirano. We got of France versus Amir Albazi. That's a great fight right there. Uh, June 24th, we got Tabitha Ricci versus Jillian Robertson. I like that. Uh, fight night in July 15th, Walt Harris versus Josh Parisian. Chelsea Chandler versus Norma Dumont. And the main event, Rafael Dos Anjos versus Vicente Luque. Another fun fight. Uh, they're going out to London. We said that last week. Molly McCann versus Julija Stolyarenko. Uh, Davy Grant versus Daniel Marcos. You got Jai Herbert versus Fares Ziam. Uh, then August 19th, you got Mario Bautista versus Cody Garbrandt. So no love coming back. Uh, and then they announced the uh, the first fights for PFL for June 8th. Uh, Brendan Lofton versus uh, Jesus Pinedo. Uh, Robert Wilkinson versus Will Fleury. Tiago Santos versus Mohamed uh, Fakredin. Uh, Bubba Jenkins versus Joe Sungbin. You got Christoph Jotko versus Ty Flores. Alejandro Flores versus Marlon Moraes. And then Chris Wade versus Ryoji Kudo. So, Eddie, that's new fights. That's what's up with that, guys. You're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn. HornFM.com. We will be right back. Until next time. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that? What's up with that? Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. That's Eddie. I'm Jordan. You can find us both at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. And, guys, on iTunes, on Spotify, you will find an exclusive interview right here with Sean Merriman. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft. I'll probably talk about the Chargers with him a little bit, right? Uh, but yeah, yeah, I we're going to talk lights out his MMA promotion They've got an event this Saturday, this weekend, in L.A., so stay tuned. So jump online. We're not going to hear it here on the horn, but go online, and we will hear We're going to talk to Sean Merriman. Uh, But, guys, this weekend, UFC 288, the Prudential Center, the old home. Eddie, I don't know what they do in the Prudential Center. It used to be the Izod Center, I think. Uh, The old home of the uh, New Jersey Nets. No longer. They play in Brooklyn now. But – they are UFC's going back, and we've got Aljamain Sterling, the champion of bantamweight, against a returning Henry Cejudo. Yeah, it's almost a uh, home field advantage for Sterling. You would think. I mean, he's he's a New Yorker. He's from Long Island. Yeah. he would Long say Island. He would say Strong Island. Uh, but Aljamain Sterling, defending his belt, he is the reigning, defending, undisputed champion. Abandoned. See, he did that when he first took a knee and he and he fell down but then he came back he beat Piotr Jan then he stopped TJ Dillashaw and now he gets to fight Henry Cejudo who hasn't fought since he defeated Dominic Cruz back in May 2020 at UFC 249 and then he retired in the ring which I never really thought that he was retiring I thought this was a play to get money and and everyone called their bluff and so here comes Henry Cejudo back same amount making the same amount of money uh, but he is fighting for a title, which is kind of surprising here.
1: And the thing is, if he had stuck around, it wouldn't have taken him three years to get to the title. So uh, this was a dumb move on his part, which um, lately he's had a lot of dumb moves. But, hey, it's uh, happening, and it's now. It's not like, so, he, it uh, like he's perhaps. fine.
2: I think he's, yeah, he's at peace where, where he's at. Uh, this will be interesting, though. Henry Cejudo, who, you know, obviously the former Bantamweight champion, former two-time champion, is also the, uh, the flyweight champion as well. Yeah, uh, you know he he's happy. He's got a don't revenue stream. Champion. He's also oh, the Olympic champion triple C. He's got a revenue stream coming in from from podcast. He's a coach, uh, so I think he's okay with where he is. But he did not want to come back, right? I think it was just a bluff. The UFC called his bluff, and so he sat out. He sat out a little while longer. What happened to his girlfriend? Uh, it's made him his wife, and they had a baby. Let's be honest. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. So he's he's got a child right. now. So I think I think he's doing okay. I'd uh, call that success. Yeah, though, right? that, that's a, oh, well, that's a successful I moment. Uh, I mean, undrafted want. free agent over here. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you know, this will be interesting. I, I, I'm, gosh, the matchup is is good, right? Because Aljamain Sterling, wrestler, Henry Cejudo, obviously a wrestler. Uh, you would think that those guys are going to be able to, uh, you know, negate some of that groundwork, and we'll, hopefully, we'll see this fight happen on on the feet.
1: Yeah, I think though that Sterling his uh, his quickness on the feet and his jiu-jitsu, which no one even thinks about. Are going to make the difference in this fight? So I think I'd probably I'd have to say Suhudo's is a better wrestler, you know, giving his Olympic credentials. But if it goes to the ground, Sterling's jiu jitsu to make a big uh, big difference. Hundred percent.
2: That backpack is, is tough to get off even if you're even if you're a good wrestler. Uh, in the co-main event, Eddie, this we can't say this is just some fights. This is the co-main event. This is the opportunity to be the backup fighter when Colby Covington fights Leon Edwards later on this year. Uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns, five rounds during Ramadan on like two weeks notice at 170 pounds. This is a fun fight, man. This is a big step up for for Bilal Muhammad. We have seen him like, uh, you know, go on this win streak that is fantastic. He's got that no contest in the middle, a fight he was losing to Leon Edwards, but that's okay. Gilbert Burns, you know, since he lost to Hamzat, questionably, since he lost to Hamzat coming back, uh, he's got some good wins. You would think, like, this would be a great number one contender fight, but, you know, Dana White still sounds like he is. And we'll hear, we'll hear this week to see what Dana is. I'm sure he'll be asked about it. Uh, but it, it sounds like, you know, this, this you, are, you are the guy if you win this fight.
1: And, you know, in life, timing is everything. And I feel like Bilal is pushing this one too much. He's got, he's got a lot going against him this week.
2: Yeah, the short notice, for the opportunity. He, did not want, he did not want to fight it this way. He tried to get a fight at a catch weight. And, you know, he did it because he, he had to do it, essentially.
1: Just for the opportunity to kiss Dana White's butt. Yeah. To be a backup fighter. (laughs) It's ridiculous.
2: We'll see what happens. Jessica Andrade versus Yan Xionan. Uh, Andrade, number four. Xionan is number six. That's a fun fight, man. I I like this. I don't think the winner is going to get uh, Zhang Wai-li. Because, you know, we've already seen this fight happen, right? Between uh, Zhang Wai-li and uh, and Jessica Andrade. And um, Yan Xionan, I don't know if the UFC is ready for that one. A Yan uh, Xionan-Zhang Wai-li fight. That has to be in, in the right place. Yeah, China. Yes, and but if, the if it does, go there.
1: if Shannon does win this one, they will figure out how to make it happen. Yeah, I mean, they, they're right. They have they, to.
2: They probably should. Uh, Mozart Evloev Eddie versus Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell was supposed to fight uh, Jonathan Pierce. Mozart hasn't fought in a few years. I'll tell you right now, uh, I love this fight and I love Mozart Evloev. I, I, I'm picking him. I don't know if you're going to pick him in this one. We'll make picks in a second. Uh, but Mozart is a beast. And he is an up-and-comer. Bryce Mitchell, I, now that loss to Ilya Tepuria, uh did not look great. Bryce was out there contemplating retirement after that fight. Uh, I think Ilya Tapuria and, and and Mozar are cut from the same cloth. I, I think this is a rough night for Bryce Mitchell.
1: Yeah, camo shorts won't save you for that one. Yeah.
2: Uh, and then Kron Gracie. Kron Gracie coming back. Uh, Drew Dober versus Matt Frivola. Eddie, let's quickly make some picks, though. Uh, who do you got? Cejudo versus Sterling.
1: I'm going to have to go with Sterling. Cejudo... Three years out of the game, while Sterling has fought nothing but beasts, and Sohudo's already older and hasn't fought in three years. Um, I don't think he can keep up with Sterling. All
2: right, I'm going to go with Sohudo. I I love everything you said, uh, but I want to go against you, Uh, Bilal Muhammad Muhammad versus Gilbert Burns. Too much against Bilal. I got to go with Gilbert. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gilbert as well. Andraj versus Shionan.
1: You know, I think Jessica wins.
2: All right, I'm gonna go just with. Uh, it's just tough to pick against her. Uh, I'm gonna go it with really with Jan uh, again to be contrary. Mozart, I told you, I'm going with him. Are you going with Mozar as well?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. You talked
2: me into it. Yeah. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, and then Kron Gracie versus Charles Jourdain. Uh, Kron Gracie. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, the UFC, you, you don't bring back Kron Gracie to lose. Uh, all right. So we we've got a few fights where we are opposite there, uh, Eddie. Uh, there's gonna be some one FC. They're in the same place where BKFC was last week. You got Dominic You say, like that yeah, yeah. some one
1: FC. Yeah. Their biggest event, probably ever. Yes,
2: this is their first time in the States. Uh, they're going to be fighting here uh in Denver. One fight night ten on Prime Video. Demetrius Johnson versus Adriano Morais three. Demetrius has hinted at a retirement. You got Rod Tang, you got my guy, Sage Northcutt. He's fighting. Oh yeah. And then Roberto Soldic. That's a, uh, that's a sneaky good fighter. He was a big free agent a few years ago. He signed with 1FC. He was the former KSW middleweight champion, Eddie. And uh, he has a win over Two Pluses. So, yeah. No, not, not, and don't not forget uh,
1: Mikey M- 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 uh, Musumechi. Musumechi. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's that's going to be a fun graphic matchup. Stamp Fair sex is a little badass. Yeah, I love, then I love Rainer they have on the prelims. Oh,
2: yeah. 100%. But that's a grappling one. It's a grappling matchup. So, Uh, Eddie, talk to us real quick about Ryzen 42, and then I want to hear about Canelo. Uh,
1: Something made me just check the other night to see if there was anything going on with Ryzen, if uh, I could just find the schedule. Turns out the magician, John Dodson, is fighting for Ryzen this weekend, as is uh, Bellator, Bantamweight Stalwart, uh, Juan Archuleta.
2: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Both
1: of them are on the Ryzen 42 this weekend. So, I'm not going to tell you how to find it because I don't know how to find it yet. But if you're a madman like uh, some of you are, Fine, Ryzen forty two. But speaking of real madmen, the king returns home this weekend. It is Cinco de Mayo weekend. Jordan, we didn't even play any music. What's up with that? Canelo is back fighting in Guadalajara at Acro Stadium. That place is going to be sold out, filled to the brim. People hanging from the rafters. Where he takes on WBO mandatory challenger John Ryder. This is going to be huge. And people are like, "Oh, who's this Ryder guy?" It's the WBO's fault. He's a mandatory. He's their uh, interim. A super middleweight champion. Uh, so, uh, Canelo had to fight him or risk losing one of his four belts.
2: Nice. All right. You also got gamebred bare knuckle MMA. Roy Big Country Nelson fighting Dylan Kleckler uh, in the heavyweight mid event. Uh, stay tuned, guys. That's crazy. Sports guys talking wrestling. So, a special thanks to Sean Merriman. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Tell your friends. Follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Guys, have a great night and we will see you next week. Keep safe, be nice to each other, stay positive, and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank
1: you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you,
0: till we meet again.
2: All right, joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, uh, an NFL Pro Bowler three times, a Charger legend, Sean Merriman. Sean, welcome back to Fight Night, man.
0: Hey, thanks thanks for having me back.
2: Hey, we're excited. I mean, we get a little bit of uh, a bonus audio today. This is exciting. You've got a a promotion out, Lights Out 9, coming out this week in uh, in Burbank, California. Uh, If if you haven't been to a a live MMA show, I mean, it's fantastic. And, And Sean, tell us about how you got into MMA. Well, you know, actually, man, I started to train
0: myself between 2005 and 2006. Um, a good friend of mine, Jay Glazer, you know, the broadcaster. Of course. I said, man, I know you grew up boxing, but, you know, I, I think that MMA will probably help you with your hand-eye coordination and, and just being able to use your leverage and a bit, get a better pass rusher. So for me, I said, hey, if it's going to help me play football better, cool. Uh, I showed up to the gym the next day, and it was uh, Jay Glazer and Randy Couture. So my first day actually learning MMA was with Randy Couture. Um, as from that point, man, I started doing it every offseason and then, you know, launched Lights Out Extreme Fighting in 2018. Uh, right now, as you said, we've got a big fight Saturday, May 6th um, in Los Angeles, California. But the guys, people who can't make it there will be on Fubo Sports, Fubo TV starting at 5 p.m. Pacific. So if you don't have Fubo, get it, man. This is going to be our biggest show yet.
2: Yeah, I'm excited. And if you are in the L.A. area, you can still get tickets at Lights Out XF. I think you had said there might be some more cage side seats still available, but it sounds like you guys are almost sold out. Yeah, we are,
0: man. Uh, it's pretty cool when you can sell out weeks before the show. Um, we we always have at least 100 walk-ups. Uh, but we do still have some cage side seats left. So if you are in the L.A. area, go to LightsOutXF.com. We'll be in Burbank. Check us out. And uh, if you can't make it, make sure you get Fubo.
2: Nice. So tell me about this card, right? So you got Gary Evans versus Julian Duckenfield. Who else, who else do you have on the card here? Uh, Matthias. He, he, I
0: just finished training with him. Actually the extreme couture out here in Vegas. And uh, I'm looking at him from the corner of my eye, but this guy's going to be a star, man. Um, He's going to be an up-and-coming riser. Julian Duffingfield, you just mentioned, he's a former football player, man. He played football in, uh, at, at Fullerton in college. And you can tell, he has that build with him, that explosion. He's going to be another up-and-coming guy. We have about four fighters in this car, to be honest, man. I think they have a real chance of being superstars in this sport. I'm excited because they get a chance to come to Lights Out Extreme fighting and fight for us first and be able to put on a good show this Saturday. And, I'm gonna try to keep these guys for the takeoff of the UFC because there, there's a there's a possibility for that man. But we we, we want to uh, put on a show for the fans on Saturday.
2: So I think it, is there a mixture of amateur and pro fights going to happen on uh, on Saturday?
0: Yeah, yeah, we are. We got uh, six pro um, and six amateur. And the reason why we wanted to put some of these amateurs on live TV because they'll be turning pro with us the next fight that we have in June. So. Um, that's the that's the thing about us man. We we want to give these guys uh, this up and coming a platform to showcase their talent man. Look, I, I played, you know, I'm a former I'm a you know, former athlete and I've always wanted to play on TV. I wanted to put people to see me friends and family. Uh so I know how cool it is for some of these amateurs to get a chance to be seen on live TV.
2: Yeah, and that's fantastic. And wh- one other question about that is is how do you kind of balance and, and build out that card and try to build stars there when you know that hey, they're they're just trying to get to the ufc to try to get to the kind of the big stage how difficult is that to try to keep people that long term
0: well we know who the monster is in this sport you know I'm, I'm a huge ufc fan actually one of the reasons i even got into the sport was because the ufc and you know obviously you got a really a really good relationship with dana and those guys and um just following the footpath of what they did, but. there's a lot of fighters out here that need opportunity and as as great as the UFC is um they can't you know afford to give everybody an opportunity they got over 550 fighters on the contract so how do you get people on the card four or five times a year so you know I'm excited to get these guys an opportunity to come and fight for us um like I said I I really do believe we got we got four fighters from this card I believe it's going to be um you know superstars in this sport one day
2: well that that's fantastic obviously you know it, it's great to build this homegrown talent but you mentioned earlier you said that you used to be an athlete Sean, I, I don't believe that for one bit you, you are still an athlete and uh, i know that you uh you know you dabbled in wwe you, you were signed to fight bare knuckle at one point when are you going to step out into, into the uh, the lights out cage i saw you calling out some wwe guys back in the day <laughs>
0: and, it, it, and it's still on the table man um you know, it, it, i I I still train. I yeah, I spar occasionally on the weekdays and uh I try to get in there. Some guys sometime our fighters that have camps and I'll get in there in will camp for a couple of days. For me, it's about staying disciplined. In fact, I try to tell a lot of these former athletes that that, you know, whatever their respective sport was and they done, pick up some form of combat sport because that discipline there, um, you talk to any former guy, they'll tell you they say, Man, I, I miss a locker room and I miss competing. Uh, so I try to get guys, Hey, pick up, your know, Muay Thai, pick up boxing, pick up Jiu-Jitsu. You don't have to fight, man, but I think it's a, a very good discipline to get into it. So you could just stay motivated, have something to strive to when you get up in the morning.
2: Nice. Now I know you're, Stu asked you this question and I know you went to Maryland, but I think that, you know, Texas would still embrace you. We got, you know, Longhorns obviously big here, but when do you come to Texas? When, when is lights out going to be in, uh, in Texas for a show?
0: That that is my next destination, man. I know we have one coming up uh, in L.A. We have uh, Prem Block, which is Las Vegas. After that, and San Diego, but I would love to get out to Texas right after that. Um, Look at Austin. Look at San Antonio, and Dallas. Um, but we have a huge appetite of of, of fight fans out there. That uh, because we show on football, we're all over the nation. That you know, I see a lot of people. Uh, you know, my DMs and commenting under the fight saying, "Hey, when are you coming to Texas?" So I'm working on that. Uh, we're looking for a venue that's, that's going to partner with us and and uh, and just throw a hell of a show out there, man. It's a lot of big fight fans there.
2: Nice, you know. You, you talked about uh, you know these these promotions, right? That can help feed into the UFC. But we've seen some other. I mean, I don't know if you watched this last weekend, BKFC, right? Mike Perry, Luke Rockhold. I mean, I, it was crazy. Uh, what's what's your take on like BKFC or like bare knuckle in general, right?
0: I, you know, it, it's funny. I know David, who owns BKFC. Uh, you know, really good guy, hell of a promoter. Um, Luke Rockhold is a really good friend of mine. So I was, I spent some time with him before he went down and, you know, I won't, I won't text until he get his teeth fixed. So, um, but it, it was a, it was a bloodbath. Uh, obviously the sport is picking up some steam, um, you know, a lot different, obviously the MMA and, you know, it's, it's it, the longevity in that sport is, is really only the question, right? How many, how long can you go in that sport? Cause it's so brutal. Um, Mike Perry's a hell of a fighter he put on the show and it was unfortunate that it got stopped, but. Uh, the ref was stopping it. I mean, Luke Luke was pretty busted up, really good. And um, you know, good luck to those guys, man. But it is it is a brutal sport.
2: It is, and, and I don't know if that's that sport is exactly for me. It was fun. There was a lot of pageantry around that this week, but you know, good MMA, and that's what I love. And you got some top level guys that are going to be uh, that are going to be fighting. You mentioned you're a big fan of the UFC, and, and I know you're going up against UFC 288 on Saturday night. So, but but give me your prediction on Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo.
0: Um, you know, Sterling, first of all, man, he, you know, he I saw he the last thing he said, he's mapping out all the guys he wants right in the road, even to the point of moving up um to Vokanak, I believe or something like that, I believe, right? So uh, one thing about Henry, it's it's hard because he's such a technician, man. He's such a great wrestler. He he's a technician of the sport, a student of the sport. He breaks things down beyond belief. I think he's probably one of the smartest MMA fighters ever. So I can't wait to see him in Sterling. Um and then if he happens to be You know, Henry, because Henry has a lot of uh, cage rush, man. He hasn't fought in a long time. That's going to be important. Uh, But if if he does beat Henry, it'd it'd be nice to see him move up and take on another opponent.
2: Yeah, no, that, that, I'm excited. This, this is going to be a great card, and, and obviously you've got some, some killer fights this weekend. Uh, you're listening to Sean Merriman, the, uh, the founder of uh, Lights Out XF. Uh, there's still tickets available, and you definitely can watch it on Fubo this week. So if you don't have Fubo, check it out this Saturday night. Uh, Sean, i got to talk to you about the NFL. You can't see me right now, uh, but over my shoulder, I've got a powder blue Chargers helmet signed by Justin Herbert. Uh, the inscription says, bolt up. I'm a Chargers fan. What do the Chargers need to do to get over the hump right here?
0: I think they made uh, all the the best moves this offseason. season. Um, I really think that bringing in Kellen Moore was probably the biggest move this this entire offseason season. When all the coaches, um, that that moves have been made. Uh, you know, one thing about Kellen Moore, man, he's walking into a situation where you you have not only Justin Herbert, but you have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Everett the tight end. They just they just drafted some speedy wide receivers. Uh, hopefully that deal gets worked out with Eckler. I just seen Eckler about thirty minutes ago in the gym, and we talked for a bit. He's such a dynamic player, um, and, and he's deserving of, of a contract. But also, look, you know Justin Herbert's contract's coming up, and everyone knows that he's going to get a, um, you know, a, a, a big one. So they're trying to make room for it. But no, nothing against Austin Eckler or anything like that. He's such a great player. But um, hopefully, they get something done there, man, because this year I really do think that they have a chance to get over that hump.
2: Nice. Uh, Will Anderson was the top linebacker in the draft. What what do you think about him going to uh, to the Texans there? He,
0: Will Anderson, man, he's great. You know, in fact, uh, one of my one of my good friends that was a writer at the University of Maryland uh, ended up being a writer for uh, Alabama, and he told me uh, Will's freshman year, he said, "Sean, you got to look at this guy, Will Anderson. He reminds me a lot like you. You walked in, you were a little light at that position, but you can pass rush. Uh, but once he get his legs under him, he gains some weight, get a little strong. But this guy's going to be one of the best in the business. So I got a chance to watch Will talk to him since his freshman year, man, and I'm not surprised at all of uh, of of him being drafted early. He's my early uh pick for defensive uh, rookie of the year. I believe he has that type of talent and I can't wait to
2: see what he's going to do. Nice. Anyone surprise you in the uh, with any of the picks in the draft or a- a- anyone else out there?
0: I-, I was surprised that Will um uh, slipped out of the first round. Will Levis? To be honest. Yeah, I I think that he I-, I thought that he was going to go somewhere mid to late first round latest. Um, I, I didn't think that he was gonna slip out the first round at all. I think he's gonna turn a lot of heads. And if you're not if you don't remember, um that at the same time that Aaron Rodgers when we came out, uh, same thing, right? Cam was in his face the whole time. He went a lot later than um than everyone expected. And I think that, you know, he's gonna be uh, a lot of teams are gonna be upset that they passed on him.
2: Yeah, no, I uh, I went to BYU, and so I'm a uh, I'm a Zach Wilson guy. So I, I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers is there. I hope that he will teach Zach Wilson a little bit of maybe humility, but also just coach him up, right, and and, and give Zach a second chance in the uh, in the league still.
0: Well, you know, first of all, Zach Wilson, there's no doubt about it, he has the talent this but I need him to calm his ego down and and, and uh, realize that he needs to learn and, and stop running his mouth so much. I don't like that out of young quarterbacks. Um, the the cockiness or whatever, especially when you haven't proved anything. Um, and what happens when you do that, you rub the team the wrong way. And, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers' job to teach him anything when he comes in there. It's Zach Wilson's job to sit back, learn as much as possible. And if Aaron wants to answer questions and help him out, he can, but it's not his job.
2: Yep. No, I totally agree. Be a sponge, right? Be, be humble, be a sponge, take as much as you can get and, uh, and, and know that like, Hey, you've got one of the best quarterbacks ever right in front of you that can teach you, that can help you, that can, that can guide you. So I totally agree. Well, Sean, I appreciate the time, man. And and I'm looking forward I'm going to watch on Fubo TV this week. And, uh, and remember when you come to Texas, come talk to us. We'll we'll make sure that we, uh, we will be there live, but also let's talk, let's talk again before your next show.
0: Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me on, and I cannot wait to bring lights out extreme fighting to Texas.
2: Nice. Check him out, Sean Merriman, on Twitter and, uh, and then Lights Out XF on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, on TikTok. And uh, we're excited, man. Good things. You're doing some good things out there. I appreciate you. You got it, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, there's a little bit of bonus content for you. That was Sean Merriman, founder of Lights Out XF. Uh, excited for him this week, Lights Out XF9. Uh, check him out on Fubo TV. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, and we will talk to you after UFC 288.